0: Beyond the the headlines, this is World Insight.
1: Hello and welcome to Trade for People and Planet, a World Insight special on the ongoing MC13, the WTO 13th Ministerial Conference here in Abu Dhabi. I'm Tian Wei. Dialogue of plastic pollution or DPP is one of the most important topics at the 13th WTO Ministerial Conference. Recognition of the need for a coordinated action to address the rising environmental health and also ecological costs of plastic solution and the importance of the trade dimensions as a solution. The reason why it is crucial is first, every second, two truckloads of plastic rubbish are dumped into the world's ocean. Second, the coordinators of this initiative is coming from very different perspectives, such as Australia, Barbados, China, Ecuador, and Morocco a great combination of both developed and developing economies though it is usually believed to be hard for economies to reach consensus currently at least already 76 WTO members have taken part in the dialogue a plastic solution representing 85% of the global trade volume On these and more I had an exclusive interview with jean Mahi Bogan the deputy director general of the World Trade Organization Jean-Marie, thank you for taking your time out of, I know, hectic schedule of yours and talk about uh, plastics uh, because we see the numbers of members of WTO getting on board uh, for this initiative and also the country that are dealing with plastic, 85% now already. So how, how much do you see this progress mean for the real success of this initiative?
0: Well, I think you're right to to underline that we have a critical mass of members very interested in this initiative, which was actually initially proposed by uh, by China and other developing countries. Fiji was one of the contributors. Uh, Morocco also. I
1: think there are Ecuador and some of the others
0: also. Absolutely, who were just on the press briefing. I think this initiative has some sort of features or ingredients which makes it successful intrinsically, and which are paving the way maybe for future works of the WTO. The first one, I think, very important is that it is concrete. Mm -hmm. It is action-oriented. So everybody can refer to it, everybody can understand that. Sometimes what we do in the WTO may sound abstract to the uh, public opinion. This is very concrete, this is about fighting plastic pollution, as you know there is every minute that we are talking there is the equivalent of a truckload of plastic pollution which goes into the ocean. So everybody can relate to that. And that is the first point. The second point is that the way Uh, The work is being done is extremely interesting in terms of methodologies because our members are identifying what are the best or worst practices or most harming practices to try to see where they relate to trade and how trade could be leveraged against those practices. Mm And a third element is that the WTO here is taking part of a broader set of initiatives. As you know, there is a a UN treaty which is being negotiated on plastic. And the WTO wants to contribute with uh, the trade break. I think the members of this plastic initiative want to bring ready-made solutions that The negotiators of the the broader treaty can Mm -hmm. pick and choose if they want to, to integrate in there. Mm -hmm. So all these elements of work are very appealing to some members, and maybe this is the reason why it grows. But first of all, it's so important and so concrete that everybody can relate to it.
1: From the year 2020 until now, Actually, this initiative is one of the relatively short ones in terms of time span, and yet it has managed to get so many on board. What is it like for you to shake ever more hands <laughs> as a result of this every year? How do you see the nature of the kind of work to make people informed and be able to bring them on board? I think. Yeah,
0: the initiative is extremely relevant to all our membership. And I'd like to praise this initiative for something which we do not all the time find in the WTO. It's a unifying initiative. It is both a concern and an opportunity for developing countries, poorest countries, uh, small islands. All the types of memberships, different groups can find an interest in this initiative. Why? First, because the threat is being shared uh, for everyone. If uh, plastic is being dumped in your country, then you have a problem. You don't want the plastic pollution, you want to to, to protect yourself. But also there is opportunities. Alternatives to plastics can be an opportunity for new types of trade, new opportunities for trade. For instance, if you take a country like Bangladesh, it's producing jute. Jute is a very interesting alternative to plastic yeah. for fruits and, and vegetables. You find it already on the market in developed, in developed countries. Bamboo. That you are familiar with in China, if I may say so, bamboo is a very interesting alternative to plastic in many, many fields. So I think the success of the initiative and the fact that, as you rightly point out, we are shaking more and more hands on this <laughs> is related to the fact that everybody can relate to its own interest in, a, from a trade perspective. So you are saying, Mr. D D G, that from
1: so-called victim of the plastic trade earlier years such as some of those developing countries, China included, to now very active initiator of uh, agreements to make a change from a negative thing into a positive thing. Developing countries are playing important role, it seems, in this regard,
0: isn't it? To a large extent, yes, I agree, but I would not let you suggest that it's only the victim uh, side or the negative side, because there are the threat and the threat is undeniable. Mm-hmm. And when I was describing this plastic pollution going from China to ASEAN, to other countries, to Africa now, that, that is a negative side. But the positive side is also the opportunities. Right. And uh, once again, there are many, many opportunities in trade for alternative to plastics. So the green economy, uh, I have a DG who likes to say the future of trade is green. I believe that green is really the future. Some say green is gold, it's another way of putting it, there yeah. are opportunities here. Yeah.
1: If you use the example, I see you have studied a lot about every individual members of the WTO, China included. If you use the example of China, it is now one of the largest polluters in the world in terms of climate change, in terms of plastic even. But you also see China as the largest developing country trying to stand up together with other developing countries, trying to make a change, for example, reflected in this initiative. and as also earlier with uh, being the passive dumping side of wasted plastics, to now proactively trying to seek a solution. This is a very interesting change that I see in this world. I'm sure, as the DDG of WTO, you see these kinds of natures of examples a lot these days.
0: I do, I do, and especially with China. And China has this, I may say, modest way of leading without showing too much but more and more leading plastic is a good example there is another example that we are going to discuss at this ministerial conference it's a little bit technical but it's called technical barriers to trade actually it's a very important areas because it has to do with all the regulations technical regulations which deal with trade there is a declaration which might be endorsed this week which has been promoted by uh, by china a third example and uh China is going to be observed very much in the rest of the world. is fisheries, of course. Mm-hmm. We are going to, to we are negotiating the phase two of a very important agreement on fisheries. China is a very important both fisher and subsidizer. So the way China will lead this conversation, which we we will be extremely important. So I agree with you. This change of being at the receiving end or as the leading uh, of of uh, the trade and sustainability initiative is a very remarkable change that. We 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 hope we are going to observe more in the future.
1: And that is my latest interview with Deputy Director General of the World Trade Organization. Um, The WTO can be a platform for constructive dialogue on sustainability. So how do, usually, members' initiatives turn into an important document for members of the WTO to study on an important platform like MC13? I pose this question to an insider. Caroline Diers-Bergbeck, who is the Founder and Executive Director of the Forum on Trade, Environment and SDGs. Caroline, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Oh, wow. So 2020 until today, look at the Plastic Initiative, how far it has gone.
2: Exactly, it's been an amazing success. We started three years ago, the initiative started with just six WTO members were uh, co-sponsoring the launch of the first informal dialogue on plastic pollution at WTO and then today to have 78 ministers, with, uh, sorry, ministerial statement with 78 countries um, supporting is really a fantastic achievement.
1: I loved some personal anecdotes if you can, you know, just
2: to tell people how things are being done. One of the things that I feel has been really important in this process is to support um, diplomats and governments with good evidence. Um, and that is something that, the thing at least for me is very rewarding is, you know, I have written many papers, say, on trade flows in plastics. And watching the issues, if you watch the governments take up the issues and recognise mm. that this is important. We talk a lot about the hidden flows of yes. plastics in right. the globe. We, have, we know that we have a plastic bag, but actually plastic is in many products around us, and that's yeah. very difficult to track and to understand and to manage. And so it's very rewarding, I think, when you see people pick up these ideas. But for me, honestly, the most rewarding a few weeks ago, maybe this is not the anecdote I should be telling, but a few weeks ago, one of my colleagues sent a photo of several of them, very diverse group of countries, sitting around at the end of the day when they concluded the negotiations of this statement on ministerial statement. And they were sharing a glass of wine together, and I looked at the photo, and I was really touched and I thought it's really amazing that they have been able to come together and do this because as you know, sitting here, it's not easy at the WTO to make things happen. And seeing the the colleagues working together is something that um, I think is is an extraordinary example. And I do think that um, the six coordinators have done a marvelous job. You think of the diversity, Australia, China, Barbados, Morocco, Ecuador, it's a very diverse, Fiji, a very diverse group. And they have done an extraordinary job together as six This is also rare at the WTO that you have six coordinators, not just two. Yes, indeed. But the six has meant I think they have been each able to reach different constituencies in the WTO, Mm -hmm. build understandings and so on. So it's been an extraordinary, for me an extraordinary positive uh, journey to, to watch and to support.
1: You, I see your joke with your colleagues from different parts of the world. You talk to them and call them uh, Mr. Plastics, and (laughs) they call you Madam Plastics. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What do you think during the process have you learned about bringing consensus in a very different environment? Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. An environment where fragmentation happens, where uh, economies are going to different uh, directions. Uh, where you see geopolitics these years, especially, is heavy on people's mind. So, what is that process of
2: building consensus like? So, I think one of the things that the coordinators have done extraordinarily well, and I would say, you know, China has played a leadership role in is listening and integrating their perspectives into the work. So, if you look at the ministerial statement, it has a very balanced approach. So, it, it's it's ambitious. It looks at the whole life cycle of plastic and what needs to be done. It looks at the range of different trade policy um, instruments that are relevant, ways in which countries could cooperate, and it's all there. So there's enough there for everyone to see that relates to my to my interests. That's something that I could do. I can see is important. It also is it gives. It doesn't tell countries what they must do. Mm-hmm. It says, this is what we encourage you to do. Mm-hmm. And it's also been a, a slow process of learning together. So the last two years, they focused on identifying issues that they thought that they would could collaborate on. Mm-hmm. Two years, they spent time understanding different perspectives, and now they got to the point where they say, okay, now we can not just identify them, but we can say we're willing to cooperate on these individually, collectively. Mm-hmm. It's on a voluntary basis but it's still massive progress, really. Right, one of the things
1: about initiatives and agreements of WTO is it's very technical, yeah. it's very abstract, yeah. and also it's very long. Yeah. If you look at the documents, it has a lot to do with the nature of multilateral uh, yeah. consensus building because you need to bring everybody's yeah. interest in here. But can you explain in layman's words, What this initiative is really about?
2: So the key thing to understand is that the plastics economy is global. So we have almost all plastics involve some kind of international supply chains. There's trade across the life cycle of plastics. Five percent of global trade is trading plastics, probably more. So if you want to end plastic pollution, you need to better manage and transform these supply chains so that we're producing more sustainable plastics, we're taking out plastics that are particularly harmful to the environment. We're promoting um, trade in waste management technologies, in non-plastic substitutes or new business models that use less plastic. Mm -hmm. So these are the kinds of things that governments are saying that they wish to cooperate on through the DPP. So one is around transparency. Let's better understand what's being traded internationally. Mm -hmm. What's in these products? How recyclable are they? Do they have harmful additives? Or are these good ones? These are better, you know, more sustainably produced, more. Um, recyclable or more reusable Mm. so we're trying to find ways to help countries identify those products to promote the kinds of products that can help shift to more sustainability and also to reduce those that we know are harmful to the environment or to human health that we can't manage properly at the end of life and another area is to promote um, international standards that means that when you're trading across borders Mm. companies have confidence that what they're producing will have access to markets because it meets certain criteria. At the moment, we have a number of different national schemes. It's a patchwork. It's very hard for companies to invest in change if they don't know um, what the requirements are going to be around the world. But one of the things that has been very useful with the DPP in this regard, and it's very novel at the WTO, is they've involved a lot of stakeholders. And actually, it's really been a pathfinder in the WTO in Mm -hmm. terms of engagement of stakeholders as a diverse group. A, a, a range of different perspectives, and that's really informed the work of the the members as well because they've had access to expertise right. from scientists, from academics, civil yeah. society, and also the business sector. Yeah. It's been part of what's enabled it to be quite concrete in the end.
1: Thank you so much, Carolyn, for sharing your insights with us. Uh, I learned a lot. You thank, you thank,
2: so thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: Beyond the, he- Beyond the Headlines, this is World Insight.
1: Hello and welcome the latest coverage of the ongoing MC-13 here in Abu Dhabi. I'm Tianwei. In the dialogue on plastic pollution, developing countries make up the majority. Why do these relatively small countries have a strong incentive to push for this? On that, I talked to the Minister of Commerce from Ecuador. And here is our conversation. Your country, Ecuador, is one of the most important initiators from the very beginning, back in 2020, isn't it? So tell me how it has got to be where it is. Eighty-five countries already signed up. We have
3: some initiatives in Ecuador, but, and we are trying to have our initiatives spelled to the world mm. um, so the world can um, have a new view, an overview, on how a small country is trying to fight against plastic pollution. Mm. We have a common goal that is um, trying to have you know the safety of the world and the human health um, as a priority and Ecuador has, in our constitution, we have the environment that has the, the human rights as as, our, as the citizens. So mm-hmm. for Ecuador, it is very important to have these environmental initiatives. It's not only for the tourism, it's also for the industry to compromise with the environment. And that's why Ecuador has been so pushing on the environmental Um, topics in the WTO. We are part of the coalition of trade ministers on climate. We co-lead that um, initiative as well. So we are very compromised. And it's a goal for Ecuador to try to spread the word to other nations that they can add to these initiatives.
1: Well, they say, well, uh, for a country, you know, geographically small, would you be able to move that mountain, as they say? and? make sure everybody understands the significance as you do. Ecuador is one of the pioneer
3: countries that have realized uh, the depleting of the resources and how a minimum change in the climate has shifted
1: agriculture and our fishes. So for us, it's very important. Can you imagine, Madam Minister, every second, the two trucks of plastic waste being dumped into the sea? every day yeah. very sad in fact yeah. and also we saw developing economies were passively have to were passively facing this reality earlier in early years for example the plastic waste from developed economies being quote-unquote through trade yeah. exported to the developing countries and it's the latter that has to deal with it so now of course we see a collection of developing and developed economies on this initiative what does it say to the rest of the world about all economies coming together you know this strong momentum
3: i think the synergies that you can create from developing and less developed countries have shown that a space like the wto help us to really enhance these in the initiatives. Mm-hmm. You can collaborate with developed economy and they can unify the, the vision on how the world should be because um, all the countries consume resources. Mm-hmm. All the countries need water, They need clean air. You need food. So in order to sustain that for future generations, I think that having the environment in the middle of the conversation right now is a must. It's not just... um, a theme of the developed countries that want to do something for for the developing countries is that the developing countries such as Ecuador, we have the resources, we have the Amazon, we have to preserve it and in order to not exploit the resources we have such as oil and gas in the middle of the Amazon, we need the support of the developed economies. And I think we have come together mm. and we realize as de- developing countries and developed countries, we have this common goal that is to protect the environment. And the plastic is one of the things that join us together. Right. We have to fight against the, the
1: pollution of plastic. Mm. Do not always complain about the bigger picture. Exactly. Make sure we find that an angle and work on it and show it to the rest that we can do it and then scale it up so that we achieve things on different fronts.
3: Right now we're sending a message not only to developed countries Mm -hmm. but also to developing countries that you can put in the center in the middle of the conversation your problems on how to deal and preserve your natural resources Mm -hmm. but at, at the same time try to make some Conscious decisions on how it affects the environment. Mm. So right now we have, you know, a marine sanctuary in the Galapagos. Yeah. We are trying to have the the initiative being signed in the Galapagos, and um, and and we are uh, we are doing some public policy as well inside Ecuador. We have circular economy trying to have the local industry also enhanced with these initiatives. We're trying to have laws against single-use plastic bags, for example. So we're doing our part of the job as a developing economy. We understand that we are the future as well.
1: We want to preserve our resources for the future generations. And China, Ecuador, FTA being recently signed, many see that as historical. It's from your country, for example. Tell us how What do you think is the part that's dearest to your heart?
3: I think this is a win-win situation. We had Mm -hmm. 800 exclusions, so it's a lot of products that we are trying to protect in our own Mm -hmm. local industry, such Mm as um, shoes and, you know, clothes. And what you really needed was to have the products that you already consume Mm -hmm to be more attractive in this market share um, in China. We are going to create almost 50,000 jobs out of this NFTA. Wow, that's so impressive. That's impressive yeah, for yeah, an 80 million yeah. Especially uh, people. Especially if you
1: look at the world's economy is not necessarily at its best time, yeah. right? But there are also questions about you know, how much vitality is there in the Chinese economy. So yeah. tell us more about what is your assessment from a trade minister's perspective. What China's economy is like, and which part of the Chinese economy are you, do you value the most? I think the
3: China economy um, divides in the Chinese have these. Um, price market yeah. and also you have a quality market. Um, it's what we see from Europe, for example. Mm. We have two type of products in Ecuador. We mm. have the, the, the ones that try to compete for the price and the ones that is really good quality. And I think all of Ecuadorian products are one of the best qualities in the world. Because we have an FCA with the EU and they have really high standards in quality. So, and Ecuador has meet all the requirements. And I think that's one of the distinctive of Ecuadorian products that we have. It's quite high quality, products. And and that's why we needed an FTA because um, we are not so price based. We are quality based products mm-hmm. and that needed to have a, a little bit of a consuming power Yeah, yeah. Consumption from, power. from the Chinese uh, people that really want to buy Ecuadorian products, but that maybe not all can because the price is Higher than the, mm-hmm. than the, you know, the media. So I think that with this FTA, we're able to get to more Chinese people, right. and that help us produce more and create more jobs in Ecuador. And we are an agricultural-based economy. Yeah. We need to, to yeah. really uh, incentivate our agriculture to stay in agriculture not to move to the cities and that's why an FTA where we can stimulate the agricultural economy and the sustainable agriculture is very important for us
1: and that's my conversation with the ecuador trade minister and that's all the time we have for today on behalf of my team here in abu dhabi and in beijing bye for now